BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey, I'm Molly Sims. And I'm Amisha Gormley. We're two girls obsessed with one thing, beauty. Beauty. And by that, we mean everything that makes you look and feel beautiful. We're calling on our favorite health experts, industry insiders, and friends to answer all your beauty questions. With a drink in hand. Definitely with a drink in hand. (laughs) You're listening to Lipstick on the Rim with Molly Sims. I mean, can you believe this? Can you believe? I mean, we're almost pros at this now. I mean, I actually think I am a pro. Me too. I mean, I really didn't even think I could do a podcast, much less host a podcast, much less have you, my 17-year-old non-entertainment friend who works for a baby food company, be my co-host. But I think I it's working. I can't believe I'm not in Jersey. It's like Dorothy. We don't call it Jersey. We call it Summit. Summit. I'm from Summit, New it's Jersey. Fine. Okay. You guys, one of my favorite all-time doctors... He's like a real-life Grey's Anatomy, just he's FYI, people. He's like a real-life Grey's Anatomy. We, we know this because— He's blushing. He's, he's, he's blushing, blushing because it says— It's hot in here. He said that. It's <laughs> hot in here. He's um, hot in here. <laughs> do you know that—we'll get into this later, but a lot of people, they were like, Dr. Jordan Geller, he's so hot. That's what we get the most. All right, you guys. Dr. Jordan Geller, he's a renowned endocrinologist, and if you don't know what that means, you're going to— find out in two minutes. He's amazing. I, well, he basically saved my life. After having Brooks, I gained 83 pounds and now I'm a fit, not supermodel, but a super mama. And I still see him nine plus years later. Dr. Jordan Geller, we are so happy to have you. I can't even tell you guys, we're going to be talking hormones Drinking alcohol and losing weight at the same time. Emisha and I are double fisting. We have bone broth in one hand and a Paloma in and another. And we're going to find me a thyroid problem at the end of this 40 minutes. I am super convinced We're we going to find you a thyroid problem. We're going to be talking hormones. He's not a believer in peptides. I just had a consultation out in the hall with him. But we literally are going to be talking everything endocrinology, which is metabolism, hormones, losing weight. You can't imagine what— the thyroid and how it can really, really cause problem it's, if it's imbalanced. Um, Jordan Geller, Dr. Geller, I can't call him Jordan even though I want to because he's hot, but I can't. Dr. Geller, you're the best. Yeah. If you guys, I know he's based in LA, but he's now based in Palm Beach as well. He does telecommunications, so I know he's going to blow up after this. He's already blown up, and I don't even, can't even see him call Laura, but I'm so happy you're here. Thank you. I literally, like, we're so excited. 
all my friends now see Dr. Geller. Literally, I mean, Eleanor Randall, we're just going to let a call out because Eleanor and I literally, we have drinks and tequila and talk about Dr. Geller. I love for him. She's amazing. Hi. She's awesome. She's amazing. Okay. So for all of us out there, I had a thyroid problem that was undiagnosed through my first pregnancy with Brooks. Um, I gained 83 pounds, nothing against my OB because she's amazing. For some reason, it either didn't show up in my blood work, we missed it, but nonetheless, I was having problems. <laughs> when my mom came, she was like, I'm not sure. And Michelle, like, I would go to New York and she's like, what's happening to you? I literally, the first six months I gained like 10 pounds. And then the last three months, I swear I gained like 40 pounds. Right. I, I remember mean, it. I remember it well. You were I was not horrible. Happy. I was not happy. I was breastfeeding and you know, all the bitches who say, Oh, I just breastfeed and I lose weight. Yeah. That's not fucking true. But I wanted it to be true. Um, I was doing Tracy Anderson anyway. Come to find out, I was sent to a man named Dr. Jordan Geller from a man named Dr. Ron Bimbasat. Hello, Dr. Ron Bimbasat. And come to find out, Jordan will explain, I had a mycothyroid problem. I had an enlarged thyroid goiter. Yeah, yeah your Can gland you was enlarged and you had uh, postpartum thyroiditis. I had postpartum thyroiditis. And he's going to explain that better. And just him saying it, it's... it's yeah, dumb, it, dumb it down Yeah, for dumb us. it down. Okay, first of all, I'm going to go back. What is an endocrinologist and why do... Why do we need one? You know, I get this a lot. It's funny. People are often in my office. They schedule a consultation. They come in and they're sitting in my office and halfway through, they're like, by the way, what do you do? Why am I here? And what is an endocrinologist? This happens all the time. And so, you know, I take a step back. Okay. So an endocrinologist, we deal with hormones and hormones are just these like chemical messengers in our body that travel around in our blood and they sort of work like a key in a lock. They travel around and they attach to a receptor. And then they turn on and do something, whether it's blood sugar or hormones that affect metabolism or fertility or energy. You know, every every hormone sort of is is designed to add to the quality of our life, um, give us strength, vitality, libido, energy, but also sort of help mediate like the inside world and the outside world to try to just create like some some harmony. I mean, literally, when I, when I met him, because I was like, "Oh, I'm tired. Oh, you just you you're you're pregnant, or oh, you just had a baby, or oh, my hair is really thin and it's literally like kind of falling out. Oh, you just you just had a baby. It's okay. It's normal." But then the the bloating, the puffiness. Like I remember, I remember I was with you in the Hamptons, and I was so I was I was so puffy, and I was so unbelievable. I remember telling Scott, "I'm like." I'm so tired. I've never been this tired in my entire, like, I literally, to the point where I'm like, something is wrong with me. After one month, two months, three months, and that, you know, he will talk about, you know, when a woman comes to you and you, and she says those symptoms, my hair is falling out, I'm either gaining weight or losing weight. There's a thing he's going to explain called hypothyroidism or hyperthyroidism. Sound really smart. Yeah, you don't need me at this point. <laughs> I <Got> do, <laughs> but I sound smart, which is really yeah. Can, fun. We, can you explain that? What Molly yeah. just said: hypo and hy- hypo and hyper. Yeah, so hypo Same. means low, and hyper means high. So hypothyroidism, which is the more common one, um, I always use that analogy about like the gas pedal and the brake pedal with thyroid. So when things are slowed down with hypothyroid, people are tired, they're sluggish, they have brain fog. They're gaining weight. They feel cold. They're constipated. Hair's falling out. Everything just sucks. With hyperthyroidism, it's the opposite. It's like the gas pedal is pushed down. You're hot. You're sweaty. Your heart's racing. 
people lose weight, which they actually enjoy. And sometimes it's hard to convince someone to treat their hyperthyroidism. <laughs> yeah. For that reason. I, I mean, I, I, want, I, want, I want hyperthyroidism. Yeah. Yeah. I want it right now. Yeah. Dr. Roddy was talking about it. Yeah. He That's didn't right. even realize. He thought that. he was training for a triathlon, <laughs> was like crushing it, and then re- realized. Found he, out it. Yeah. I think Ginny Mullen, isn't, wasn't, didn't Ginny yeah. have like a hyperthyroid? Yeah. It was literally like dropping weight. I'm like, this is amazing. It's yeah. not. So, it's bad for you. It's bad. It's just, you know, different extreme of bad. So, um, you know, what you had, like this postpartum thyroiditis, basically often gets overlooked because a woman has a baby, they're tired, they're stressed out, they feel like shit, and you've just gone through hell, and you're not sleeping, etc. And any symptom that you have is often attributed just for that reason. So doctors often say, oh, you're just tired, or you just need a rest, you're stressed out. And in fact, thyroid is really common uh, postpartum thyroid problems. So I've, I've never been to an endocrinologist. Yeah. You, like, if you've never been to one, do you think that everyone should just make an appointment just to have a baseline and, and see where you're at? Well, well, because most, the problem, what I found, and I think, you know, Dr. Geller can speak to it, is that every GP wants to be an endocrinologist and act like an endocrinologist, but you're not an endocrinologist. Like, go, right. my advice, and I think he can say it probably better, but go see, like, if it's hormones, that's an endocrinologist. Yeah. So is right. that so you're right. saying? I don't practice cardiology or fix bo- <laughs> broken bones or do shit like that. Is there an not- age where, like, you know, at four, like I, I have a history of colon cancer in my family, so I was told at forty go get a, you know, colonoscopy. Like, is there an age as a woman that I should, if I have never gone to an endocrinologist, I should go and see an endocrinologist? Yeah, I think you know, arbitrarily, like forty is a good age. You want to do it before you're even in perimenopause. But you know, at every age, you know, at every stage. We're not, don't you? We're just let's let's not. That we're word not, is we're not no bueno. We are here. not in perimenopause. We are we're just there's no menopause. Right. Not forty seven. There's no menopause. We're not even going to talk about it. Well, we will, but we won't talk. We won't say it's name. But so, so okay, so, so you're 40, saying the forties, right? You know, at every stage of a woman's life, there's big hormonal shifts, right? Teenage years, pregnant years, post pregnant. So you know, but that's an important sort of milestone. That actually, I you touched on something. Do you want to go back? Also, to about when you're pregnant. Pre- Always have your OB or your GP or your endocrinologist check your thyroid level because a lot of times, even trying to get pregnant, if you're if you're thyroid, I remember you giving someone that tip, your thyroid can be not enough or too high where you can't get pregnant. Right, it's a I, super common thing. This is a very you know I have a, a question regarding sort of the teenage years when your child or you know I have all daughters you know. I guess even when they get their period, mm-hmm. is that something like what are what are you seeing sort of as the standards of ages where kids are getting their periods? Because yeah, I what have is oh, three that's a whole other issue. So. I think that people are getting kids are getting their periods a lot younger now. Oh yeah, it's really and scary. And I find that scary. So I personally have you know gone through leaps and bounds. Like my nanny, bless her heart, she went to pick up eggs one day. And she came back and I panicked because they weren't like the exact organic ones that I buy because I freak out about like hormones and all right, of this and everything. Freak out. So let me answer that for you because, and then I also want to get back to your question about, you know, seeing an endocrinologist Sorry. and when we should do that. But, um, you know, there's all these chemicals in the environment called xenoestrogens. And basically, you remember I used that analogy like- We're writing this down. Yeah, We're taking notes. X-E-N-O. X-E-N-O. So basically, these are chemicals in the environment that act like estrogen. And one of the big common ones that you may have heard about is in BPA, the plastic, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. the, the liner of plastic bottles, soup cans, and, and thermal receipt paper that's loaded with BPA. But there's other endocrine disruptors and plastics and phthalates and cosmetics. I mean, we could do a whole separate talk about this, but we think that kids' exposure to all these chemicals are what are causing premature um, you know, puberty in girls. That's for sure happened. In boys, the opposite is happening. 
We're seeing a lot of young men who have low testosterone. Sperm counts have dropped like 50% over the past few decades in mm. men. Also thought to be attributable to these phthalate That's chemicals. not uh, Stuber and Mike Gormley's problem. Just for the record, they have very high sperm counts considering. Yeah, kidding. <gasps> not. Yes, it is definitely as much glass and stainless that you can implement into your home and family daily life. Or it's what he just said. It's like if you can be BPA-free. And most plastic, is it going that way or is it just— It doesn't matter because they'll say BPA-free, but they're using another chemical now called BPS, which is just as bad. So you have to assume all plastic is bad. And by the way, when they check, big studies have shown that almost 100% of us have detectable BPA in our bodies. Really? And we all have plastic in our feces, by the way. We ingest about a credit card's worth of plastic a week these days. Are you kidding me? No, I'm not kidding you. Just in the air or just in, in, it's in what we eat? It's in the food. It's in the food we eat. It's in fish. It's in, you know, every type of food we eat. It's in water bottles. Of course, it's in the water supply. Um, it sheds from like, you know, yoga wear and even like microparticles of plastic. They've done studies all around the world um, and it shows up in people's feces. That's crazy. Yeah. I know. You don't, you don't realize. Okay. Give me a step-by-step of when someone needs an endocrinologist is it a symptom is it should we have it as a checklist at 35 40 should you ask your gp i know so many women have problems almost pre-pregnancy or right after they have a baby well so i think you know obviously i'm biased because i'm an endocrinologist but i think it's really important to be proactive with our health you know i see people that take better care of their dogs and their cars you bring your car in every ten thousand miles for a tune-up but they don't bother checking their hormones, looking Such under the hood, point. see what's going on. Such a great so, point. So, you know, Western medicine is all about, you know, wait till you have a sickness, a disease, and then just take a pill. But wait a minute, that approach is totally flawed. You know, we need to be proactive. Yeah. And, you know, it's okay to go to a doctor and find out everything's okay. You know, yeah. you don't have to go just when you're sick. But I think that's just ingrained it into us, especially like with my dad. I'm like, he's like, well, I'm not sick. I'm like, I know, dad, but like, just go get the physical every year. Like, or even like, some of my friends, like, they won't get the mammograms or the colonoscopies. And I'm like, you don't realize—I mean, I'm—you know, he knows me. Amisha knows me. So I'm somewhat of a hypochondriac, possibly. But I do worry. But I do think it's really important not to wait. Don't wait for something bad to happen. Because also, when something bad happens, you also don't have your arsenal of doctors. Or you don't have your arsenal of, you know, right. people who can help you get into somewhere or need something. Like, so, okay, so— don't wait to see you right. or someone like you. Right. You so in my twenties, if I'm if I'm Emma Shagormley in my twenties and I just, you know, gut check myself, I go see an endocrinologist, check my hormones, check what, you know, how my body's doing. And what are you looking for? When you're checking, like when you're checking hormones, what are you looking for? Well, one thing to keep in mind is like different hormones have different patterns. It's far as time of day or in a menstrual cycle. So we have to take that all into consideration. And oftentimes we have to check hormones, you know, several times throughout a woman's cycle or different times of the month or whatnot. So, you know, and then we'll look at their thyroid hormones. We'll look at their adrenal hormones. We'll look at their pituitary hormones. We'll look at their insulin levels, their blood sugar, um, in a man, of course, testosterone. So there's, you know, tons of hormones in our body and um you know we can check them all through blood and urine it's not that complicated and talk a little bit about like you know this is what i love about dr geller because your level will be between two and four and a normal doctor will be like 
2.1. That's amazing. You're like, you're, it's awesome. I'm like, but I feel like shit. And don't you think it's on the low end? No, it's right in the middle where it's supposed to be, but it's not. So tell people listening out there, it's not just a number. If, and if you're on the low end of a number, then just because it's theoretically between two and four, but you're feeling bad, you've got severe or even moderate symptoms. Don't you feel like that's also like to question, like, wait a second. Yeah, You know, I always say we have to treat the patient, not the test, right? We're not treating a piece of paper with a test number on it, looking at the patient. And yeah, the test is important. There's a range there. And that's just one part of the whole, you know, toolbox that we use. Can you reverse hypothyroidism without, without medicine? Sometimes if there's a lifestyle component, people have nutrient deficiencies in iodine or iron or zinc or tyrosine or you know, they have inflammation or various things that cause thyroid to go away, definitely we can. We talk a little bit about metabolism and why is it, and I've always wanted to ask you this, like why is it that some people, my mom, Miss You, love you, had the fastest fucking metabolism I've ever my seen. Dad my dad is like that. My, literally, like, she would, like, go on a diet with me and pretend. I'm like, she, I would, like, eat, like, a scoop of peanut butter, and she could have the whole jar and never gain a pound. What? Right. Why? 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 Is that? Yeah. So, you know, we think that related to something called the thrifty gene. And so, basically, depending on, like, the area in which we evolved, where our ancestors evolved, if there was, like, a scarcity of food, then your body had to adapt to hold on to every calorie that it was exposed to. You know, that's how you survive. That's me. That's right? yeah. That's but me. nowadays, you know, it's 2021. There's no scarcity of food, right? Yeah. And so, but your body is still sort of wired genetically like that. So what I always tell my patients is, you know, genetics puts the bullet in the gun, but lifestyle pulls the trigger. So we don't have to be victimized by our genetics. Remember that. And yeah. Especially with metabolism is a perfect example. But is it true that these people are just lucky? They're just they're yeah, just lucky. People, of course, we all know people like that. But. Uh, literally, I went on spring break with a, a mom that I go to school with. I'm like, how do you eat three meals a day, two snacks, and like drink? I'm like, how is this like how is this possible? Like I I know. I know. know. But you also have to remember this is so important. Like how somebody looks, how their weight is on a scale is not always the right metric of their health. No, know? I know. People that are skinny fat. Skinny fat is I know. Worst. We're skinny fat. He hates it. Okay. I I want to hate it, but I, I, I mean, sometimes I hate it and sometimes I love it. I'm, I want to be healthy. How do we increase our metabolism? Exercise. Exercise, not, it does not just burn off calories. There's, there's that concept that I burned it off, but it literally raises your resting metabolic rate, like what I call your idle speed. So if you exercise every day in the morning or whatnot, in the afternoon, your metabolism is still faster. Another myth um, is that, you know, not eating is that's not good for your metabolism. Think of your metabolism like a campfire. You know, you have to constantly kindle it with fuel yeah. to keep it burning. So we've actually. Had, I know, I know, I know. We've She's had looking patients who've actually had to eat more to lose weight. It's totally counterintuitive. Well, that's the whole Eric Young flexible dieting. It's the macros. He was like, you're not eating enough to be able to lose weight. I'm like, I, I, I am. He's like, but you're not. You're not. And I couldn't yeah, lose like the last five pounds. I was trying to get ready for something last year. It was our fitness videos. We were, and I'm like, I, I cannot do it. He goes, I'm putting you on 1,700 calories. I'm like, I'm not eating 1,700 calories. I'm like, well, I could drink 1,700 calories, but I'm not going to eat 1,700 calories. By the way, we're drinking bone broth and we're having a Paloma, which can you drink alcohol and lose weight? Is it better to have wine? Is it better to have? I know what his answer is going to be. I already know it. I don't. Okay, guess it. No. Alcohol is yeah. a disruptor. 
it's really, it's, it's hard. I'll be honest with you. It's really hard. Partially because, you know, people, what do people do when they drink? They eat. Make bad decisions. You know? well, make so bad decisions better, but, yeah, they make bad decisions. But what general. if you don't make a bad decision? But what decision? if you don't? And you have like. Yeah, I think if you have a really low glycemic alcohol, like tequila or vodka. Wonderful. And, cheers. And, cheers <laughs> on. Cheers to that. Cheers, cheers to low glycemic cheers. alcohol. We're drinking. <laughs> But, you know, it's it not called me. lipstick on the rim for nothing. Talking beauty and drinking. He, just, just to be clear, he gave us permission to drink tequila. <laughs> I am going to run with. Okay, that. so tequila <laughs> is and vodka that's better than wine. Definitely. Yeah. Okay, so which is better, rosé, red? <laughs> just we're just breaking. We it just down. want to have our. our we want to have we our wanna, cards straight for wanna, the summer. <laughs> yeah, we want to have our cards just in line. Which is better, rosé, red? Or Sauvignon Blanc. I hate Sauvignon Blanc, but she loves it. Actually, I like Sincere. But yeah, I don't know the answer to that. Okay, that's okay. <laughs> you don't have to. That, that's fine. <laughs> All right. In terms of skin, people don't realize that a lot of times acne, melasma, is basically your hormones being imbalanced. Will you talk a little bit about that? Because I have severe, I had severe melasma, hyperpigmentation after every pregnancy. But before that... It seemed to disappear. I mean, yes, I took Accutane, but I had severe cystic acne for about, I would say, early. I didn't have anything until my early 20s, and then like a little bit in early 30s. And then by 38, after babies, I mysteriously didn't have acne, but I had melasma. Well, all right. So the skin, skin's our biggest organ of the body. So the way I look at it is when you have a skin problem, whether it's acne, melasma, or whatever it is, you know, it's a manifestation of something going on inside. So it's not really a skin problem per se. It's that the skin is revealing what's going on inside, whether it's a hormone imbalance or some other, you know, chemical imbalance. So yeah, there's certain hormones like testosterone excess that, or DHEA, cortisol or stress hormones um, will cause acne and can cause hair loss and, and some of those other symptoms. Um, blood sugar problems can cause skin changes where you get like hyperpigmentation on the neck autoimmune conditions can cause skin changes. So um, no question about it. Like the skin is a big trigger and it, and it's, there's a ton of dermatologic, you know, signs of endocrine disease. I actually wrote a whole article about this when I was a fellow at Cedars-Sinai about just the pituitary gland, all the skin manifestations of that. I have, just with the pituitary. Mm -hmm. I have a question actually, because, you know, you read a lot about and hear a lot about endocrine disruptors, right? And so I Which guess he was talking about with the plastic. Yeah, with the plastics. And and a, a huge part of that is is clean beauty, right? So are you a huge, you know, advocate for clean beauty, especially in, in women's products? And, and is that something you really think is critical as Absolutely. women? Absolutely. My kids are more knowledgeable about this than I am. Like when they buy a product, they already know all the things on the label that are mm -hmm. not supposed to be there. Which is important. I yeah. Mean, and so do, so do you apply that in your own household on a daily basis when it comes to like the laundry detergent you use, the dish soap, everything? Absolutely. We, we look at labels on everything that we put in our body. And I think the other important thing to remember, you know, skin is a, is a fatty substance. It absorbs chemicals really well. Endocrine disruptors are what are called fat-soluble chemicals. They, they get through the skin barrier um, and they store in our body in, you know, even small concentrations. They can store there for years. And especially with little kids, you know, babies and little kids, they have so much more body fat and mm -hmm. skin, you know, surface area relative to their size. Um, that's why it's a real concern, sunscreen especially. Is so I think concern. just for our listeners too, to explain endocrine disruptors are, 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 you know, the harm and danger in them is that they're cancer causing. Um, and that's the biggest fear, right? Cancer causing reproductive disorders. That, and oftentimes there can be many, many years from the exposure until the illness. Yeah. 
A lot of people, we did a, a fan question um, on our socials and a, one question that came up and we actually just talked to Lauren Everts about it was cortisol. What is it? All right. So cortisol is our stress hormone, <laughs> right? Okay. So what do you think my cortisol levels are? Yours are less than me, but like you handle things better than me. You just like, I don't know. You're like Zen. I'm not Zen. Go ahead. I'm sorry. It, you know, it's our fight or flight hormone. So, you know, it was quote unquote designed to be like our backup system. If we were being chased by a wild animal in some grave imminent danger, our cortisol goes up, our blood sugar goes up, we get more alert, our heart rate, everything, you know, to get us out of a dangerous situation. But what's happened is, you know, it's 2021, we're living in a pandemic in freaking LA, everybody's cortisol is high all the time. And there's this concept called adrenal fatigue that sort of is, uh, you know, it's not a Western accepted diagnosis, but it's something that makes a lot of sense. And I'm sure it exists on some level. Your adrenal glands are like a washcloth just being wrung out and there's just nothing left and people get depleted. So um, cortisol is a problem. What can you do to, like, I, I know we- Sound I drums. Talk, I could sound drum. But I also started taking, I don't even know who it's from, but it's called Cortisol Calm. Right. And um, I think you might've put me on it. Someone yeah. put me on it. That's you. Um, and it actually has helped. I've take two in the morning and two in the evening. Also, I think cortisol, when it is so much about your mind, whether it's racing or worrying or in the fight or flight, like recently I've had a very stressful period about worrying about something. And I literally was making myself crazy. So I also think that the advice that I would give people that if you're worried about something, like make sure you try to find, the, like if you need to do something, like I needed to do something with my doctors that they thought I was crazy, but they let me do it. I needed, I wanted to get um, some MRIs and some CT scans. I know this sounds crazy. This is way too much information, but I needed to know that nothing was wrong with me. And I swear to God, once I had the test, which was horrible and awful, I felt better. I just, I needed, I needed to know, I swear, like, yeah, like, I literally. Information is the antidote to anxiety. We always say that, you know, so you. Information is the antidote to anxiety. I know. So cortisol, you know, you mentioned that supplement and, you know, there's, a, there's a bunch of supplements that are called adaptogens. They're herbs. Um, ashwagandha, rhodiola are a couple of common examples. And, you know, there's scientific studies showing that these work and what they do is they, they help your adrenal glands you know, work better. They help your system work better. They're not a drug. They're not a chemical in that sense. But if your adrenals are too high, they help tone them down. And if they're too low, it's thought that they help tone them back up. A lot of people feel good with that. Yeah. A lot of people now are doing the Chinese herbs and it's, you know, we're having this like shroom bloom. It's like mushrooms are, you know, just not the mushrooms that we're normally, yeah. or if you go to Amsterdam and take them, but literally it's becoming like a whole, I mean, Gwyneth talks a lot about ashwagandha and like, I really, I, I don't know. I get scared. I get like, I don't know, like it, it kind of overwhelms me. Maybe it's just the name and like what it does and aptogens, but I know that moon juice for you guys listening out there is a great brand, you know, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. they have great crackers too. They're gluten free. I don't know why I know that, but I really, I want to try to get more into that because in more than the herbs and all of that, which leads me to my next question is what are peptides? Why are people doing them? I might be, I might not be. It's my doctor is sitting in here. Um, and should we do it or not do it? Well, you know, peptides are like these injectable, they're proteins basically that are formulated like medications. And 
some of the hormones in our body work by being stimulated by protein. So a good example of that is growth hormone. Our growth hormone gets stimulated by arginine and um, I forget other peptides. So they've formulated these into injections. And the thought is that if you take these, you'll have higher levels of growth hormone, for example, and therefore feel better, et cetera. Personally, I haven't found them to be effective. I don't prescribe them. <laughs> so basically that's, that's a no. I know. What about metformin? Metformin's fascinating. So, okay, it's uh, fascinating. So, I go into yeah. it, I'm like, what do you think? What do we think? Can we oh, take yeah. it? Can we not take it? Yeah, so this drug's been out many you know, decades and decades. It's a diabetes medication, but there was a really interesting study that was done years ago. They took diabetics who were on metformin versus those who weren't, and they found out that the people who took metformin had less likely onset of cancer. So that led to a whole area of research into the cancer benefits of metformin, um, particularly in pancreatic cancer, too. It's been shown to decrease the risk of that, which is obviously a bad one. Well, so, I, my mom had pancreatic cancer, so that's you interesting know knowledge. That one is, yeah. yeah. So um, a lot of work being done on metformin, a lot of people taking metformin um, who have no diabetes, just as an answer. What do you think is like the next, you talked about the aptogens and the um, ashwagandha, ashwagandha, I'm going to say that wrong. What do you think next in terms of like wellness trends? I know you said something so funny when I went to see you sometimes. You're like, you take all this stuff. and Do you really need all those vitamins? Like, I know, I don't know why I do it to myself. But well, you have really expensive urine. <laughs> <laughs> I know. That's what he said to me. I'm like, I know. But like, he's like, no, stop. I'm like, I do still take my vitamin C. Like, I still take my vitamin D. So what what should we absolutely take on a daily basis? Well, again, it's always better to get things from the diet than from a supplement whenever you can. I mean, nature kind of gives us everything we need, right? So unless you have some intolerance or some reason you can't. For example, calcium is something I talk to people a lot. And everybody always says, oh, I don't eat dairy. So it's like they hit the brakes and shut me down. I'm like, wait a minute. There's so many other sources of calcium. It's kale, in right? kale. It's in yeah. broccoli. It's in spinach. It's in almonds, salmon, oranges. Like there's tons of great ways you know, to get calcium. And many of those same sources give us great magnesium. Um, iron, obviously, there's natural iron. There's you know, Blood Builder, which is a great product. I always recommend it's a beet-based iron. I want a beet-based um, iron. So I can't. I have to, my husband has too much iron, so that's the optimist. That's weird. Well, he has hemochromatosis, remember? So, you know, nature gives us a lot of what we need, you know, but we do get depleted. We are often depleted in magnesium, so I think that's a great supplement to take on a regular basis. I take it. You know, omegas. I love it. No omegas. one takes more vitamins than Mimi Brown. She, no one she takes, carries her travel. I don't know though. I roller I rabbit bag with she zips that thing, and I mean, you I, watch her with her. I mean, oh no, I take vitamin C, vitamin D, zinc, metformin. What else do I take? My my synthroid. Oh, also, I want to talk a little bit about. Well, we can go back, but you know, your T three versus your T four, your Cytomel. I take a Cytomel. He put me on because I was whatever. That's my blood work. But again, people are like, what Cytomel? Wait, what what is it, yeah. Okay, so when your your thyroid gland makes a hormone called T4, and then it gets converted to T3 in the body. T3 is like the real active hormone. So it's like T4 is like money in the bank, and T3 is like you're taking it out of the ATM, the important one. But for years, you know, there was this this sort of grassroots movement of patients, mostly women, who swore that, you know, they needed to take T3 to feel better. And a lot of doctors, you know, the typical old-school bow-tie bullshit stuff shirt endocrinologists for years said, oh, that's that's BS. It doesn't do anything for women or for anybody. And lo and behold, now the research is caught up, again, based on this grassroots movement. We know that T3 helps a lot of people. And there's a lot of people that have what are called polymorphisms, where they don't convert T4 to T3. So you give them Synthroid or Levoxyl or Tyrosint or a product with T4, 
it's nothing against that product. It's not that it's bad. It's just that their body can't convert it. Right. So give T3 and it really makes a huge difference in people's quality of life. And Cytomel, I think the generic is a lit- Lyothyronine. Lyo- by the way, I call it a completely different name. I'm so glad I now know what it is. I'm lithromycin? Call it lithium. Lithium. <laughs> I need some lithium. Um, I'm your patient, so I can ask you this. If you were to put me on a diet, and I hate the word diet, but if you were to put Emisha and I on, I know she's not your patient, so you can't give her advice. It's illegal. Not yet. About not to yet. be. She'll sign the forms when we leave um, in the parking lot. What would be a meal plan, not a diet, but what would you say that we should be eating? Like, give it to me, breakfast, lunch, you want and me to, dinner. Like, break it down. Like, and break, it down. break it down. Break it down. Give us a just, day. Just, just give me what a day. I eat. Okay, tell me what you eat. You're All hot. Right. Tell me. <laughs> All right, so Greek yogurt in the morning. I love Greek yogurt. Right. Okay, I'm writing this like down. Non fat, unsweetened Greek yogurt. Okay, hold on. Greek yogurt. Some blueberries. Uh, put some uh, chia seeds in there and uh, and some like sliced almonds. Sliced so, almonds. So what do you have there? You have protein, you have antioxidants, you have healthy omegas. You've got, you know, and there's not sugar and carbs in that, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you all notice when you eat carbs, if you eat a bowl of cereal, what happens? Your belly's full and your brain's still hungry. You never get satisfied. So I like to eat a lot of protein, basically, is what I'm trying to say. A lot okay. of protein. Okay. You have right. yogurt, blueberries, okay. black, chia, black coffee, almonds. not coffee with all this cream yeah, and shit black coffee. white things floating I love, around. Yeah, iced coffee. All right. Black. Don't judge me. I love a an almond milk creamer. I'm not a vanilla, a SoCal. Yeah, it's okay. Is that bad? Dairy-free? No, I'm just kidding. It's not. It is. <laughs> it's a splash. It's fine. Do a couple. Just a splash, girl. Splash and work. Okay, keep going. All right. Think lean protein always, right? Mm-hmm. So mid-morning, I'll have a snack. Usually, I'll have almonds. Okay. Again, nuts of some sort. Um, okay. Drink a ton of water. I usually drink, you know, at least three liters. You would be so water. You would speak. I love water. You'd be so proud of me, Dr. Geller. I now drink so much water with ice. It's not, I don't have ice here, but with a straw for my listeners, you drink more water with a straw. Don't ask me, but you do. I refill my, my big, huge thing of water six or seven times a day. So and important. even better, I use my mason jar now, glass because of you, and my glass straw, which my kids break and steal. And they use well, it for- Well, you can get a what? steel draw, a steel straw, <laughs> or bamboo, steel, yeah. or other things that are- I don't know. like the bamboo. I don't It either. tastes like a weird, yeah. I don't know. I like a stainless, I like, a glass, like, like a glass. Okay, keep going. Okay, so- Lunches. Almonds. Oh, right. Lunch is like- like, uh, you know, sliced veggies, some lean, some like turkey slices. Uh, I love that. Uh, what are these? Uh, there's some crackers sometimes I'll eat, but I don't know. What eat kind much. of crackers? I forget what they're called. Do you called. like those Gluten-free? almond flour ones? The Simple Mills? I like Simple Mary Mills. Marigold crackers? I forget what they're I love they're me really some good. nut thins. I have to look at the picture and look them up. Okay, see. text me. Anyway. Simple Mills. I love, cra- I, love a, I love a cracker. But the problem is I can eat a whole box. Nut thins. Do you know nut thins? Seems <laughs> like, what? <laughs> okay, keep going. So, uh, so, you know, that's lunch. And then, you know, uh, I eat dessert every day. I want to make that clear. I always eat dessert. Our kids eat dessert. It's really important. But what's so, for dinner? Dinner is something? Uh, dinner is usually, you know, we'll have like broccoli every night, steamed broccoli, fish. Every night? Yeah, every night. Broccoli, cauliflower, some kind of, you know, steamed veggies. My kids love broccoli. Yeah, mine do too. And asparagus. My kids are loving asparagus. I just say I got to get my kids off the sugar. Since COVID, it's just like I I, I went I went downhill. I mean, literally, I, I served them ice cream in Cabo the other day. They begged me. I'm like, okay. I, I broke down. 
I know it's terrible. Something wrong with that. Well, I felt so guilty. Kids ice cream is okay. I know, but I just was like, no, but I have to, I have to get in, I have to not in like the COVID free for all. Like we also were going back to school, you know, full time now, starting Monday. And I need to get back to being. I felt like a mom failure the other day. Um, My girls were at a play date at this lovely British family that we're friends with. And the mom sent me this really sweet picture. And she was like, look at the precious girls, like having a dessert after dinner. And my kids are sitting there with like a bowl of clementines. (laughs) And I knew they were going to come home and go, that's just bullshit. (laughs) Where's my fucking ice cream? Where's my my goddamn cone? What is wrong with you? It's not waffles with Oreo. They were like sitting there with these. And Maeve comes home and she's like, I was like, how would you like your dessert? She goes, I sucked the juice out of the clementines and I made a big mess. So she took it away from me. I have a question and it's also a fan question. Belly fat. Ooh. Belly fat. Talk to me about it. Is it due to hormones? Is it due to just I mean, <laughs> eating fat, too much ice cream? <laughs> fat, fat is fat, right? But fat is fat. It does seem to be an area that more people tend to deposit fat, and cortisol tends to have that kind of pattern mm. where people's like arms, or their extremities are spared, but their belly deposits it. That's why my belly got bigger over Christmas. I was stressed and I, and I drank. Seems like it, right? Alcohol <laughs> does that to people. I know. Why? 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 Okay. So one person asks us, I have low thyroid and estrogen dominance. What are some tips for supporting hormones and slash metabolism? All right. Well, estrogen dominance is this, again, everything in the body and hormones is about balance. So, you know, we have a cycle, your estrogen goes up early on in the cycle, then it goes down and progesterone goes up after we ovulate, after you ovulate. So some women don't ovulate and they get this concept called estrogen dominance where they'll get breast tenderness and bloating and fluid retention. And, um, you know, it's actually treated really well with some natural supplements as well as eliminating these, you know, synthetic estrogens that we've talked about that are in the, um, you know, in the environment. But there's supplements like DIM, D-I-M, which is a really good one. That's actually a component of broccoli. It really helps the body detoxify estrogens and clear them out of the body. Flaxseed is also another one that may be good for estrogen dominance. So again, this is one of these terms that's not, you know, it's not in any medical book. It's a um, sort of an integrative medical term that, you know, we know makes sense. We know that this happens. When does someone have to get an ultrasound of their thyroid? Well, if a doctor feels something or the patient, you know, the patient can do their own self-neck check. We teach people how to check their thyroid if they feel a lump in their and neck. And what is that? What is it? What is, walk us through the self-check. I know so, it's hard because we're on a podcast. But. Yeah, well, basically, you know, you take a sip of water, stand in front of a mirror so you can sort of learn where your thyroid is, which you can Google and look it up. And you basically rest your fingers um, top of your collarbones, just gently in front of your neck. And then you swallow. As you swallow, the thyroid gland rises up and down over your fingers and you'll, you know, it should feel smooth. And there's like little ridges under there. You start like, to I, learn. I, get your body. Out. I, I, I feel gross when I touch stuff like that. I know. I, I, I can't. I, he tells me what he's doing. I'm like, I can't. And I was like, do I have Graves disease? He goes, no, but do you want me to check? I'm like, yes, please. Anyway, listen, a picture's worth a thousand words. An ultrasound is so easy. There's no risk. There's no radiation. And it's the best test of a thyroid. That's so interesting. Okay, another one. Is it important to run a different panel than what your GP or your OB run annually? Yeah, if they're not running the right one, absolutely. What is the right one? So most people, well, the right one is a TSH at least. uh, TSH, okay. And then what's called a free T4. I know that one. Free T3. Um, And then often we'll include the autoimmune markers of thyroid, um, especially because, you know, if somebody has a family history of thyroid issues, that's really important. 
if they have unexplained infertility or recurrent pregnancy losses. But, you know, keep in mind, uh, autoimmune thyroid issues can present with just the antibodies present before the actual thyroid has started to fail. So really? by checking those autoimmune markers, those antibodies, we can help predict who's more likely to have a thyroid issue. And that's great. What are some hair loss clinical shedding tips? I actually have a girlfriend going through that. So hair loss is a really you know, scary thing for a lot of people. So, you know, the especially most- women, I think especially for women, women, it's a really big one. Well, Lauren was just saying, do the, do like the microneedling as much mm-hmm. as you can over like right mm-hmm. in here. Cause she was losing a little bit. Well, of all the medical causes of hair loss, even more than thyroid is iron deficiency. Far, far beyond the most common cause of hair loss that we see. Um, and thyroid is a close one right behind it. Um, other medical things, vitamin D deficiency probably affects hair loss as well. It's a hormone and it's important for the hair follicle to develop. I just went to Cabo. I'm fine with my vitamin D. Kidding. <laughs> but I do have um, good vitamin D. I take vitamin D. Testosterone excess can cause uh, hair loss as well. Or hormones like cortisol that we talked about. Is there anything... I know people take Nutrafol, they take Viviscal. I took Viviscal for a really long time. And Nutrafol, I've taken pretty much all of them. Is there anything that you recommend? There's a really big trend now with hair loss and PRP. Right. I think PRP is the only thing that is actually showing some promise. It's pretty cool. I've seen some, you know. I kind of want to do it. I don't need it. You're like a lion with your hair. I hate you. (laughs) We met because of our hair. I know. It's like weird. What else was I going to ask you? I don't want to ask you, but since we don't have a lot of time, I have to ask you. All right. So if you were in your 40s and you were, you know, thinking about maybe being in your 50s and things slowing down, what are the things that we look for? Well, that's uh, not for me. This is for asking for a friend. We're asking for a friend. So you want to look for sort of a disconnect between what you're doing in your lifestyle and how your body's responding. You have to listen to your body and look at your body. So for example, you know, if you're eating really healthy and you're checking all the boxes and you eat organic and you're exercising, but you're gaining weight still, or you're, you know, fatigued still, something doesn't make sense. That's where you really got to think there's a hormone that's out of balance. Something else is, you know, impairing your response to your lifestyle. That's where I found out about my cortisol. I, for, for me who like, I literally can sleep on this table next to you right now while we're doing this podcast, I can sleep anywhere. I could not sleep. Yeah. It's so powerful to show someone a high cortisol in their blood test is like, say, look, this is how stressed you are so stressed that you've activated an ancient mechanism in your body that's there all the time. And it's, it's really powerful to see that. On a, so basically on a it's symptoms, checking your hair, how you're feeling, your weight, do you believe in hormone replacement? Absolutely. Then what does that look like? Well, we'll have it when, when I'm there in 12 you know, years. Again, then. it's being proactive. So, you know, I think what, what matters is the timing, the timing of hormone replacement. So a lot of people wait too long. So I have women come in and they're in their 60s, right? I'm like, you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. I'm sorry. It doesn't work like that. You can't just put hormones into someone and turn back the clock. The goal is to really never let your body really you know, feel like it's aging. So you start- We don't. We, we use a lot proactive. of Botox. We, we don't do fillers, but we're good. We don't move. We just move naturally. We get colored. Gracefully. We're graceful. We work out. It's about being proactive. And that's why we talked about earlier, checking hormones. Don't wait till you have symptoms, you know? Don't wait till the bus has left the station. Don't exactly. wait till the bus has left the station. So I have a, I'm clearly going to be a new patient. I might be on the East Coast, but you know, we're, we're going to do some televisits. 
And I, I might just have to, you know, hop on a flight to Palm Beach that and have be an awesome. excuse. I would love that. Um, but we need to do some rapid fire. Yeah, we always do rapid fire. Oh, boy. We're going to put you on the spot. We're going to put you on the spot. All right. I'm All ready. right. Um, morning, noon, or night? Morning. Um, coffee or tea? Coffee. Chocolate or caramel? Chocolate. Palm Beach or L.A.? Palm Beach. Ha! <laughs> Interesting. Really? Interesting. If you weren't an endocrinologist, what would you be? Firefighter. Ah! Uh, of course, he's hot. He has to be a firefighter. What are you reading? Uh, I'm reading uh, Robinson Crusoe, actually. Ah! Oh, <laughs> what's your favorite color? Blue. Who's your spirit animal? Or what's your spirit animal? I've never thought of a spirit animal. <laughs> I wouldn't even know what that would be. What annoys uh, you? Trash, litter. Good. How do you define happiness? Being with my kids and my wife. Oh, they're lucky. They're awesome. Um, what was the last film you watched? Napoleon Dynamite. Oh, I love that. That's an old school. That made you sound old, but that's fine. You know what? Which is interesting. I was going to say, what do you eat for breakfast? But we now know what you eat for breakfast, your snacks, and your lunch, and your what, dinner. What's your favorite indulgence? Oh, peanut butter and chocolate. Peanut butter on, and chocolate. On anything. I love dark I love dark chocolate with salt. I'm like literally it's it's uh a sea salt a chocolate sea salt. chip cookie. Trader Joe's mm. uh, chocolate almonds with sea salt. Oh yeah. Oh, that's a good one. You, that's don't a good judge one. me, but every now and then a Starbucks dark chocolate almond. I mean, mm. I can't mm-hmm. uh, I can't I can't believe it. If you last question, if you were your ten year old self, what advice would you give yourself? eat veggies earlier in life than I did. <laughs> I, really, I never ate veggies as a kid. I wasn't forced to. My parents weren't like that. I mean, my Same. mom ate like horrible brand cookies and crap and just turned me off to eating healthy. And, and I wish I'd started that in an early And age. how did you get to be an endocrinologist? Like, how did you pick that? You know, I had a really good mentor. When I was at Cedars-Sinai, you know, you rotate through every specialty. Right. And I had a great mentor. His name was John Adams. And he kind of took me under his wing and showed me about endocrinology. And one of the things he told me was always learn something from your patients. He always learned everything, something from a patient. And I took that to heart. I love that. That is why you're the best. No, seriously, if you guys can find Jordan, um, Dr. Geller uh, on social, he's on mollysims.com. You can see him through you know, through teleappointments. Um, he's amazing. Located in Palm Beach, Beverly Hills, where you could just call me and I'll connect you with Laura. Kidding. I won't, but I want to. Um, seriously, you've literally changed my life in so many ways. And I mean, I, 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 I consider you one of my favorite doctors in my arsenal. And you were one of the, honestly, no one believed me. And I know that sounds weird, but no one, <laughs> no one believed me. And I, you know, you have no idea, you know, coming from literally shooting Sports Illustrated to, you know, being 204 pounds on July, June 19, 2012. Like, it definitely fucked me up, like, so badly. And I just, you know, I'm so thankful. And I, I hope that everyone who's listening, like, really listen to what Dr. Geller says and Start to pay attention to your body, even at 10, eat your vegetables if there's a 10-year-old listening, and really, like, take your health um, serious because it's all you got. And, and I think the big thing is is a lot of the endocrine disruptors and, and live as clean of a life as you can because there's some serious impacts that that has on, on the health of you know, ourselves and also our little ones. Yeah. So. You're amazing. Thank you for Thank sharing. You. We're not going to click the Palomas. We're going to click, click our bone broth. bone broth. It's fine. Yeah, it's, it's fine. You're going to click your and water. your water. I'll click my water. And your glass. I'll click that I'll too. the glass water. 
Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks, you guys. That was fun. So fun. And I clearly I have a new doctor in my arsenal I know. now, too. I know. Everybody does. Everybody who meets Dr. Geller, like, like, they want him. They need him. They don't know how they live life without him. But, no, it's so important. It's so important to check our hormones and just listen to our bodies and how our, how we feel. And one day we're going to get you a thyroid problem. He's going to I, I feel like there's a thyroid problem waiting to happen. I feel like there's a thyroid waiting to happen. We can do this. You guys are awesome. We will see you next week. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Lipstick on the Rim with Molly Sims and my ride or die, Emisha Gormley. We are so excited to bring you guys along on this journey. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Lipstick on the Rim and Molly B. Sims or my website where you can dive just a little bit deeper into my favorite products, trends, and more at mollysims.com. This podcast is a production with Dear Media. Wanted to give a special thanks to my team, Ashley Gasparian, Schaefer Carrillo, Ashley Sanchez, and Michelle Harrison and everyone at Dear Media. Don't forget to listen and follow wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss out on the fun. 